Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Morning, Mosaic. How y'all doing? Hey. I think as a people, we have embedded in our hearts a desire, a need, a longing for help. Even when I stumble, I won't break. Why? Because God's not asleep. The world is covered in the shade of the grace of Jesus who absorbed the furnace of the punishment of sin and death so that you and I could embrace the shade of grace at his feet. All right, good morning. Woo, all right. I am, I am glad you are awake. Obviously, you guys are awake because during 60 seconds, I thought it was a party I was missing out here. Oh, my gosh. But so glad you're here. Um, it's going to be a great morning, I hope. I'm so glad you're tuning in on live stream, but I'm especially glad that you guys are here because we're going to do some audience participation this morning, and I need an audience for that, okay? So, so glad you're here. If you're on live stream, though, you're not out of this. You still get to participate. The hosts that are there will kind of field all this, I'm sure. They don't know they're doing that, but they're going to do that, and they're going to participate along, too. So um, you just jump in the chat and answer some of these. It's just like a survey. I want to do a little bit of survey this morning just to kind of figure out your personalities a little bit, see how you're, you're made. Are you up for that? Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's, here's what we're going to do. I, I, got, I got a couple questions. I like three. And, and here they are. The first one is, all right, if, if, you know, it's hypothetical. If you're going to have a baby, all right, do you want to know whether it's a boy or a girl before you have the baby or do you want to know after you have the baby? All right. If, if you want to, yeah, come on. Come on. Before? Is everybody before? Yeah, everybody's before. Okay. All right. Yeah, so that's, I mean, it's, you may be like me. I like to plan, okay? It's just my personality. But probably the reason you want to do it before is because you want to have this big reveal party, right? That's what everybody's, that's what I see on social media. It's like, we're having a baby, and we've got this balloon, and we pop the balloon. I'm not sure. That, anyway, and some smoke goes up in the air, and it's pink or blue, or I don't know what color people are using nowadays. But anyway, it's, it's just you love to do this big reveal, all right? Okay, so let, the next one. All right, so the next one is, if you're going to get engaged, 
All right? Again, if, it's hypothetical. If you're going to get engaged, do you want it to be planned out? Do you, like, want to have a certain number of people there at a certain location and have a photographer and a videographer? You want those people there, and you want to have certain music, and, and you've already picked out the ring, or, or is it just get down on one knee in the middle of somewhere like totally spontaneous, it's like surprise. It's and and you just like call off. Which you want? Do you want the surprise? Yeah. You want the surprise? Okay. All right. All right. Anybody want to know it's coming? No. Uh, some of you want to know it's coming. I hope that's not because you can miss that date. But anyway. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. So, I, I'm loving these personalities. So, the last one. The last one is this. It's gifts. All right? So, sometimes, you know, you get these special, e extensive, let's say, or expensive gifts. And, and sometimes there's, like, the option for you to choose what this gift's going to be, or you, you want a total surprise. How many of you want a total surprise? All right, and how many of you like, like, I want to pick it out because it's, it's yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, see, that's me. I want to pick it out. And, and it's what happens to me at Christmas. My, my mom calls and she says, hey, we're doing Christmas. I need your list, a.k.a. can you go buy it yourself? Um, and this is how much we're going to spend. And so I, I come up with what I want. I go out and buy it, and it's normally more than what she said, but, you know. <laughs> Who's, I, I'm just going to eat the difference, I guess. And, and I, I pick it out. I take it home. And in full transparency, my wife wraps it. I don't wrap it. She doesn't like the way I wrap. Um, anyway, I take the gift, put it in my truck, take it to my parents, put it under their tree, and open it on Christmas and act surprised. All right? <laughs> But the, the real surprise, the big reveal, the big reveal is to my parents seeing, number one, what they gave me, and they're like, you must have got a really good deal on that because I said this much, and I thought those were like, oh my gosh. Anyway, so you're probably wondering, <clears throat> what in the world does any of this have to do? How is this relevant to what we're going to talk about this morning? Well, let me, let me tell you, it's relevant because somebody actually asked me the other day, they said, hey, Mike, what do you think about the book Relevant? And, you know, I'm the kind of guy that likes Audible, so I like to listen to books, and, but I, I was like... <laughs> I don't think I've heard of this book. Who, who, who wrote this book? And you, they're like, no, 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 you, you've read this book. And I'm like, I don't think so. And they said, yeah, 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 it's the last book of the Bible. You know you've read it. And I, <laughs> and I said, I was like, how can I do this gently? You, you mean the book of Revelation? And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's totally what I thought you meant. So... <laughs> Oh my gosh, so the book of Revelation is where I want to go this morning. And you know, I don't know, we probably don't go there very often, but we want to go there this morning. And I want to talk to you just a little bit about actually how relevant the book of Revelation is. But do you know, at this point is when I'm supposed to tell you a Greek word and, and tell you kind of what it means. <laughs> but I'm thinking all of us speak English, right? Okay, so let's just stick with the English word instead of the Greek word. So, revelation, you know what that means, right? Yeah. To reveal, 
to reveal. So that's what we want to do this morning. But, but before we dive in, here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us. And, and I want to pray for us specifically and with a purpose. Because what I'm believing this morning is that God wants to reveal something to you this morning. I'm believing, and I, I know, he wants to speak to you specifically and individually this morning. He wants to speak into your circumstance. He wants you to hear something. And so that's what I want to pray this morning, that you would just, that you would hear, you know, maybe some of what I say, but you would hear all of what he says and that you would tune into that, okay? So let me pray for us and let's, let's, let's set ourselves up for that win this morning, all right? So God, we just thank you. We thank you that you are a God who wants to walk with us, that you want to be right there next to us, just speaking to us and guiding to us. And this morning, Father, as we're in this place, as we've worshiped, as we've just, just loved on one another for a few minutes, God, we know that your presence, your spirit is in this place. And so, God, I want to pray this morning that even as I speak, that, that my words would just be a catalyst for people to hear you and that you would speak to their hearts this morning, you would speak to their minds, and it would be undeniable that it's you speaking. So God, whether we're here in this place, whether we're at home watching live stream, whether it's Tuesday or Wednesday and we're catching up from the weekend, God, you just speak to us during this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, so Revelation. Revelation. So the purpose of Revelation, obviously, uh, is the big reveal, but the purpose is to help followers of Jesus know what to expect in the future, what to expect in the future. And, and John's writing this in like, in like 100 AD, and so obviously this is the future. And it's completely, it's so relevant to us today. And I want to read, starting in chapter 2, I'll make a couple of references maybe to chapter 1, but I want to read, starting in chapter 2, and we'll read verses 1 through 7. So here it is. It says, to the messenger of the church in Ephesus, write. So just a little bit before I keep going. Um, this, this messenger, all right? Some, some of your translations say to the angel, but, but I believe messenger is a little bit better of a term, especially, or at least in that day, but now you might bring it into a little different context. And so to the messenger, it may be better to say to the pastor of the church in Ephesus, to the leader of the church in Ephesus, to the leader, maybe it's a group of leaders, but, but that's probably a little bit more contextual to us today. So to the, to the leaders or to the leader of the church in Ephesus, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. Now, if we had read Revelation chapter one, you'd know exactly what he's talking about. The seven stars are those seven messengers, those seven leaders, those seven pastors of those seven particular church churches that John is writing to. And, and it's just kind of to say that I hold them close. They're in my hands, and I'm holding on to them close, and, 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 I, and I want to, to speak through them. And, and then the seven golden lampstands, again, in, in chapter 1, he says, 
This is what the seven golden lampstands are. They're the churches. They're the seven churches that we're writing to. And, and so we'll, we'll talk in just a few minutes about why the lampstand is what he chooses as a metaphor for the churches. But he goes on. Verse 2, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles and are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship from my name and have not grown weary. So, so far, so good, right? It's all good. It's all good. Here comes the but. Or, but yet, yet, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first, the love you had at first. Some of your translations, and the one that I'm most familiar with, is you have forsaken your first love. But you have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So let me give you a little bit of backstory, just really quick, a little bit of backstory on, on Revelation and, and the writer. Again, I said it was John. It was the Apostle John. And, and what he's doing is he's writing this book to seven churches in Asia Minor, what we now know as Turkey. But he's not just writing to those seven churches. Seven is a... Is an, I guess it's an adjective um, in this case, and it describes the particular metaphor that he's talking about. He's, he's, seven is a complete number. It's a whole number. And he's not just talking about the church in Smyrna, which one of the letters is written to. Uh, the, one of the letters is written to the church in Philadelphia, one to Smyrna, one to um, Pergamum, and the one we're reading today is written to Ephesus. But he's also writing these letters to, say, the church in Charlotte. Oh, that's us. It's relevant, right? Not the book of relevant. It's <laughs> the book of Revelation. But it is relevant to us, all right? He's writing to us, the book in Charlotte, the church in Charlotte, the, the church in Charleston, the church in, I don't know. He's writing to all churches. And so seven is just a representative number of what's taking place. Um, now, again, it's John. John wrote the gospel. You remember John of Peter, James, and John. He wrote his gospel. He also wrote three other letters. First John. Second John. Real mysterious guy here. <laughs> Third John. And he wrote the book of Revelation. He wrote Revelation while he was on the Greek island of Patmos. Not on vacation. All right? He was not on vacation. He was put there by the Roman government because of the persecution at the time, because that's what you do with Christians that you want to squelch. You take them, you put them on an island in the middle of nowhere, on the way to nowhere, and that just takes care of the problem, right? Not exactly. And see, John starts writing these letters, and he starts sending them to these churches, because you really can't 
make God be quiet, all right? That's why I say he wants to speak to you this morning. So, so what John is writing in Revelation is this prophetic vision that Jesus is showing him about the future. It's the big reveal, and it is so relevant to us today. And, and he, he says at the end, in verse 7, he says this in every single letter. So you know it's got to be important. He says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He says that because it's so critical that we are tuning in, that we are hearing what God is saying to us. But you know, I think the problem sometimes, as we go through life, we, sometimes we, we, we're like, oh yeah, I'm hearing God. But a lot of times we get to a place in our journey with God and it's like, you know, I'm not so sure if I'm hearing him very well. Anybody like that too? It's like, I'm not so sure that, that, that I, I'm, I'm hearing what he's saying. It just feels like all of a sudden, he just went silent. Well, I can assure you that this morning especially, he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you this morning. And, and it's, but I, he also wants us to recognize that it's tied to that other piece here in Revelation chapter 2. It's tied to that, that piece about first love. Do you, do you remember when Jesus was, you, we, we sang about it this morning. You remember when Jesus was your first love? And you, you know, maybe you, maybe you were a, a child and somebody told you that, that Jesus loved you and you just kind of received that and, and something happened. Or, or maybe you're like our teenagers. You were off at camp and, and, and something happened at camp. That, that's what happened for me. Something, you know, it just changed my life at camp. Or, or maybe, you were, uh, maybe you were right here at Mosaic and you finally realized that, that Jesus wanted to be your first love and you stepped into that. You remember how you felt? I mean, it's almost like you were kind of soaring a little bit, right? You, you felt lighter. You, you, felt, you felt better. You felt like you could do just about anything. And you, and you got connected maybe at that time to a, to a really great church. And you started growing and you started learning in your faith. And, and probably if you're here at Mosaic, you started serving, right? Because we value serving. Um, and, and you were really close to God. And, and, and then something happened. Something Something happened, you, it started feeling more like a chore than it actually did a first love. And it's usually because we get more caught up in the religion than the relationship. I, I, I think we get more caught up in the religion and less focused on the relationship. So what are you hearing this morning? So I'm going to stop. I'm just going to kind of hit pause every now and then this morning and ask you, are you hearing anything? Because when I look at you, I see a lot of ears, okay? Now, you don't actually have to use those ears to hear God. It's more here. It's more here sometimes. But I do want to give space for God to just speak into your lives this morning where we are. But on that note of the religion and the relationship. It was, it's funny, Jennifer and I, I don't even know where my wife is. She's somewhere here today. Um, over there, okay. So, 
Um, we, we have this mentoring group that we meet with about twice a month, um, once all together, and then the other time we're, we're separate. And, and the idea is that we want to walk with them. We want to help them grow spiritually. We, we want to we pour into them and then Hopefully, after we pour into these nine different people, then, then they'll, they'll have their own group, and some of you will be in those groups, and, and you'll get to experience that, and then you'll, in turn, do the same thing. And so that way, it kind of moves through, and everybody's growing spiritually. Um, that's, that's what our hope is. But we were in the group the other night, and we'd finished our, our, our big group time, or you know, where we were all together, and then the guys had gone off over here, and the ladies had gone off over here, and um, we were just kind of processing through what we talked about. And then I got this text, it's like, the ladies are done, and I'm thinking, well, the guys must be way more spiritual because <laughs> we're not finished yet, okay? Um, anyway, I said to the guys, I said, okay, the ladies are done, so we, we, we've got to wrap this up. And, um, and I said, so let me pray for us, all right? Let me pray for us. And, and the guy next to me, he took his hat off. And I just kind of, okay, all right. But I kind of laughed under my breath because it's just something I've, I've been thinking about. And, and, and so I prayed and prayed, 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 amen. And I said, hey, one second, you took your hat off. Why? He said, well, you're supposed to take your hat off when you pray. Why? <laughs> and Well, it's disrespectful. I said, why? I know at this point I'm sounding like a three-year-old, right? Why? And I said, who told you that? And, and he said, you know, it's fine. I said, you know, it's fine if you want to do that. You know, it's completely fine if, if that's what you want to do. But but, you know, Jesus didn't tell you that. I mean, I think if Jesus were here in the flesh, he would probably say something like, I don't care about your hat, but, oh, my gosh, you got to wash those feet, all right? right? <laughs> that's what Jesus talked about in the scriptures, but maybe that's not even relevant anymore today. But, but we, we, we just, we just kind of chuckled about that. That's, that's a cultural thing. It's very much a cultural thing. I actually heard my father-in-law say, hey, you're going to take your hat off. Um, but, you know, it's just a cultural thing that we've connected to Jesus. We've, we've connected to the Scripture. We've just hooked it on there. And, and it, I don't think it belongs, right? So, so Jennifer, <clears throat> is my wife, is actually reading this, this new book right now. Uh, it's called The Quest. Some of you might have heard of it. You probably haven't heard of the book of Relevant, but you may have heard of the book of <laughs> Request. The, que uh, the Quest. Beth Moore wrote this book. Now, some of you know that name immediately, and some of you are like, ah, but Beth Moore has probably been the leading voice, women's voice, of a particular denomination for, I don't know, 20, 25 years? Until recently, she just kind of got the boot because she forgot her place. All right, because in this particular de denomination, it's very male-dominated, all right? The women have been running it for years, but it's, it's on the surface, it's, it's male-dominated. And a lot of denominations are that way. So there are no women pastors. Why? I'll ask Kristen. You know, she, wa she wants to speak to that. No. Why? Who, who told you that? Is that true? And, and, and see, that's the premise 
of this book that Beth Moore wrote. It's, uh, you know, Jennifer says, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and what she's saying is, as we process through our beliefs, as we process through our spirituality, we don't have to necessarily evaluate everything, but we do need to evaluate some things and say, is that true? Is that scriptural? Who told me that? Did God tell me that? Or did I just receive that from someone you know, but and at face value. And so that actually has a name. I don't know if you know this or not, but this process of evaluating things is called deconstruction. You maybe have heard that out there somewhere, or, or that may be a brand new word for you, but it's called deconstruction. It's the whittling down. It's the taking away of, of all the things that people have added to Jesus and added to scripture. And, and it's actually getting back to our first love. It's getting back to our first love. You know, I didn't realize this until probably a couple of years ago, you know, in, in the context of, of our staff, you know, we, we talk about, we actually do some deconstructing from time to time. And, and it's really good because we're together. We can bounce things off of one another. We don't allow one another to go off the rails. Um, but uh, but, but I, I thought the other day, I think I've been deconstructing for 15 years. I just didn't know it was a thing. Um, but, but here's the problem with that sometimes. I think that sometimes we get deconstruction confused with demolition, all right? I think sometimes we, we get a little confused and, and we just want to blow it up. And a lot of times, I think it's because we do it alone. And we get to this point where we're like, we're, we're like, I, I, don't, I don't even, I'm confused. So let's just, let's get rid of all of it. I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's what, what we're supposed to do. But deconstructing is good. Have, do, do any of you, do you like to watch those fixer-upper shows? All right? Some of you like some of the home and garden TV shows where they're the fixer-uppers. Do you remember Chip and Joanna Gaines? Yeah, okay, good, good. So, so I don't watch them a lot, but I kind of enjoy them. And, and their show, I think it was even called Fixer-Upper. Um, but I think they've stopped doing them, but you can still catch the reruns. But, but here's the deal, if you don't watch it. So, so somebody hires Chip and Joanna to go into the house and, and just remodel it, make it modern, make it fit what they want. And so what they would do is they would come in, they would meet with the couple, kind of get to know their personality, because like we figured out this morning, everybody has a little different personality get to know what they want. Do they want it super modern? Do they want it just kind of, you know, a little more traditional, somewhere in between? And, and then they let this couple go. And then Chip and Joanna look at the house and they're like, you know, that right there, that's definitely got to go. We got we to gotta open that up. We got to open that up a little bit. I think that's good. That's, that's, we're going to keep that. And, and this is really kind of foundational to what they want, and, and it just belongs here. And, and so they go through and they process what's valuable, and they process what's foundational, 
and they decide what they're going to keep, and then it's demolition day. All right? So if you know the show, you know Chip is all about demolition. He loves demolition. He comes in with his sledgehammers, and, and they just start knocking out cabinets, knock, knocking out walls. He's got pry bars. He's moving things, popping things out. And, and then he gets to the end, and they come back in, and they begin to look at, at what's left. You know, it's, it's interesting. A chip goes in with hammers, not bulldozers. He goes in with pry bars, not a stick of dynamite. And they go in and they clear out the things that don't belong. And they start looking at what they want to do. But you see, here's the other part. The deconstruction is great, but then there's the reconstruction. You got to build it back. Because there are some things that are valuable. There are some things that are foundational there. There are some things you have to keep. And here's the other thing that I kind of take away from this analogy, if you're following me. Um, the show's an hour long. But how many of you, man, it takes way more than an hour to do some renovation. I, I know. I actually love doing it. It takes weeks. It takes day, months. It, my wife will tell you it must take years. <laughs> But, but, you know, that's the way it works. And that's what we're talking about here when we're talking about deconstructing. It's recognizing that some of what we understand about Jesus is valuable. And some of it's foundational. But some of it needs to be reevaluated and removed. It's, it's, it's like this whole idea of taking your hat off to pray. That's something that culturally has been hooked to Jesus or attached to Jesus or to Scripture. And it, and it doesn't belong there. And it's that kind of thing that begins to steal our joy. And, and, and we've added all kinds of things to the Scripture. We, you know, lately it seems like everything political, we want to attach it to Jesus. Yeah, it doesn't belong there. We, we've attached over the years social things to Jesus. We've, 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 you know, some of you have been part of denominations and they say this, this is connected to Jesus. No, no it's not. And, and there's religious stuff that we want to attach to it. And what Jesus is saying in Revelation chapter 2 is he's saying, I want you to clear away all that stuff. I want you to get rid of all that stuff, but don't get rid of me. Don't get rid of me. So what are you hearing this morning? This is one of those times. Let's, let's stop. What's God saying to you this morning? Let's do a little deconstruction this morning. Return to our first love. How do we do that constructively? Now, I want to share a little bit from my process, the, like the most recent process. Um, I think the way you begin to, to do this is you start to ask and find out what Jesus would consider valuable, what he would consider foundational, all right? Let me give you an example of, of what I've been working through. Somewhere along the way, I was told that a follower of Jesus is supposed to change the world. Maybe you were told that too. I, as a matter of fact, this week, this very week, I got an email. Here's the subject. How is God calling you to change the world? Did he really say that? He said, go and make disciples. 
But did he really say it's your responsibility to change the world? I, I don't think so. I think, he, let's look at what he said, all right? Something foundational, something valuable. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. He said, you are the salt of the earth. Got it? You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So we are to be something, and we're supposed to remain something and, and always be that something, and that something is salt, okay? So how many of you like salt? Well, I like some salt, <laughs> all right? I like to put salt on meat. I like to put salt on vegetables. I like to put salt on cheese. What? <laughs> okay, I'm just telling you. I like... <laughs> Particularly, right, particularly this time of year, I like to put salt on a tomato. Now, I actually grew this. I love this time of year because I can grow these in my garden. I've got a couple tomato plants, and this one came straight out of my tomato garden. But I love to take this thing. I love to slice it off. It's pretty, right? Looks good. And I love to put some salt on that thing. Maybe not that much salt. <laughs> All right? Maybe not that much salt. But I want you to look at this. Salt of the world, change the world. I put salt on it. It's still a tomato. It's still a tomato. But what did the salt do? Made it better. It made it better. So what if, what if we're not supposed to change the world what if we're just supposed to make it better? So yeah, what are you hearing? Are you hearing anything this morning? Like maybe I'm not supposed to change the world. Maybe I'm just supposed to make it better. Like maybe God's saying your workplace, how can you make it better? You know, your marriage, you know, marriages are full of personality, all right? Each, each one has one, okay? And you're not going to change your spouse. But how can you make the marriage better? Your kids, I mean, that's like two personalities into one, right? <laughs> you're not going to change that either. But how do you make them better? Your neighborhood, where you do life, how can you make it better? Doesn't that get you a little more excited than you got to change the world? I mean, that's just a little overwhelming when you think about it, right? And then in verse 1, I said the church was the lampstand. So let's look at one other thing. The church is the lampstand. Why? Because in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says what? You are the light of the world. The church is the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, so somewhere along the way, I got confused again. 
somewhere, I don't know if it was in seminary, I don't know if it was in youth group, I don't know where it was, but somewhere along the way, I thought that I was a light, and my job was to shine my light on your imperfections. Ooh, let me check out that one, right? Oh, you see that, right? Up, up there, okay, yeah, there's one, right? Have you looked at that lately? Uh, you know, I thought that was my job. But is that really my job? Why did I think that? What does it say? It says, you are the light of the world, and the light gives light to everyone. The light, it, it's not, hey, check that out. Mm. No, give light to everyone. My responsibility as a follower of Jesus is not to change you. It's not to change the world, but it's to provide light so people can find their way. That's all God is asking me to do, is to help people find their way. Because the moment that I think my responsibility is to change you or change the world, is the very moment that I alienate about half of the people around me. And they no longer want to have anything to do with me. Um, and here's the other thing. This is just the way I process this. God created this world. If he wanted it different, he would have changed it. I think so. So what are you hearing this morning? Is, is there some freedom in what you're hearing this morning that I'm saying? Hopefully there's some freedom in what you're hearing God say as well. Is the Spirit saying anything to you? Do you feel like maybe you want to get back to this first love again? Might be a little more excited about your faith now? Maybe excited about what it looks like to deconstruct instead of demolish. Maybe a little excited about what it could look like to be salt or to be light. Maybe excited about what it could look like to impact the world. Or hopefully, you're really getting excited about what it means to make Jesus your first love again. What are you hearing? What you should know is this, that whatever you hear, wherever you hear it, whenever you hear it, it's only because Jesus wants you to experience victory in your life. Did you catch that in verse 7? Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. When you have victory, it puts you in a place where the tree of life is, in the paradise of God, where God is. It's as if you're walking with God. That's why it's so important to make Jesus your first love, so that you're, you have victory in your life. Jesus wants you to experience victory in your life. And the way we most often get victory is through surrender. Unfortunately, it's that way. We normally have to surrender whatever it is that's taking 
that first love spot, right? It's something that you probably hold dear. Is it your time? Maybe you, you, you want to hold on to your time a little longer and not give what it takes to make Jesus your first love. Maybe it's your money or your pursuit of money. Money's not a bad thing, but when it takes your first love spot, it can be bad. Maybe it's your pride. Maybe it's your right. We all have rights, and they're important, right? Are they more important than your first love? Maybe it's your insecurity. Is your insecurity that thing that keeps Jesus from being your first love? Is it your ambition? What is it? What is it that's getting in your way? Because I want you, we all want you, God wants you <clears throat> to get that loving feeling, that first love back in your life. Now, some of you are probably sitting out there and maybe you're thinking, yeah, I hear what you're saying. <clears throat> I understand what you're saying. <clears throat> but I actually, when you were talking about that part where Jesus became your first love, I've actually never done that. Jesus has never been my first love. Here's what I want you to know this morning. Jesus can be your first love. And it's simple. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I want you to be my first love. And, and you don't actually have, some of you have been told maybe that you have to come somewhere down here and speak to some particular pastor and pray a particular prayer. No. Why? <laughs> you don't have to do that. From right where you are, and I'm going to pray in just a few minutes. From right where you are, you can say, Jesus, I want you to be first in my life, and I'm surrendering my life to you. Something like that. In your own words, you say that. And maybe for the rest of us, we've kind of created some distance for some reason. Something has created distance in our life from Jesus being our first love. I want to pray that we'll get back there this morning. And then we're going to go into response time. Maybe there's something, one of those things that's keeping you at a distance from your first love of Jesus. And you want to write that on a sticky and put it on the cross and leave it there. Maybe you want to go have communion and remember and recommit Jesus is my first love. Or maybe there's something that you want to light a candle, someone you're, you're praying for, because, you know, we want to make an impact in this world. That's our responsibility, to make an impact. Not to change it, but to make an impact. And maybe you're praying for someone. I encourage you to do that as well, but let me pray for us. God, I pray that you would keep this, this silly tomato, this flashlight, anything from this message this morning in our minds just as a reminder that you want to be our first love and you want to use us to impact this world. But more than that, you want us to be in love with you. So God, help us to hear your voice. Help us to tune in to all the things that you're saying. And God, just help us to, to be obedient to you and, and step into what you're calling us to do and to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.
For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.